harvest weekend and sing together bringing in the sheaves at 734 in the hymn book sowing in the morning sowing seeds of kindness sowing in the noontide and the dewy eaves <laughs> I think we've all been watching the news and listening to what's happening over in Israel, the Lord's land, and thinking very much about the people there and the invasion that has been made and people that have been captured and the danger that they're in. And this conflict's going on. It could go on for a long time. 
God, we pray for the peace of that land, the peace of Jerusalem, uh, its capital, and the peace of Israel in general. So keep that in mind as we come to seek the Lord now in prayer. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we bow together in the presence of our God just now in the worthy name of thy dear Son, the one who was seated at thy right hand, who was exalted there at his ascension to take his rightful place as our mediator and interceder. We thank thee for the dear Son of God, our beloved Saviour, the one who represented us in this world in life and death, who lived that life of perfect obedience, keeping the law that we had broken, and then going to the cruel death of the cross at the end of his ministry, to once again, as our substitute, take our place and die for us. We bless thee that through the great work of Christ, we have redemption and salvation forevermore. And so many people gathered here tonight, we have been brought savingly to Christ. We have been garnered into Christ and the sheaves that have been brought to him. And we thank thee for that moment in our experience when we were converted, when the Spirit of God worked in our heart with power, effectually, bringing about the great work of regeneration, bringing us to sense and feel our sin before a holy God, but then turning us to the great remedy which is found in Christ alone. And Lord, we thank thee that in simple faith we called upon the name of Jesus Christ and we were wonderfully saved. But Lord, we know that that's not the testimony of everyone and there are still many round about us and even some of our dear friends and family in these meetings over the weekend who are strangers to your grace and do not know the Saviour. For them we pray particularly for tonight that the Lord will have mercy upon them. That as we sing the lovely hymns that remind us of the harvest and the bringing in of the sheaves, as we sing gospel truth tonight that you will speak to them even through the words and song. Likewise as the choir ministers in song that you'll be with them and bless their ministry, bless the words that are sung. Oftentimes the Lord has taken a line of a hymn, the great truths of the gospel found in those hymns, and he's used that to speak. And Lord, we pray that you'll do that tonight, but very especially through the word of God that is preached. For it is through the foolishness of preaching that God has ordained to save them that believe. And therefore we pray for the Reverend Wilson tonight as he comes to minister the word, as he stands behind this pulpit and opens up the book of God, and reads the scriptures and proclaims the truth of the scriptures that God will be to him all that he needs. The Spirit of God will rest upon his ministry that flowing through him, God will use him this day and this hour for your name's sake and for your great glory. I want to acknowledge the goodness of God in the giving of the harvest. This has been our Thanksgiving weekend. We look around the church and we see the tokens of God's mercies towards us. We bless thee for food on the table. We thank thee for our daily bread, your provision that you give to us every day. We're not forgetful tonight of some in the world who do not enjoy the blessings that we have as far as food is concerned. And Lord, we pray for them, especially those countries where we work, 
where we have our missionaries, where we visit ourselves, remember those that are in need, and bless them, we pray, and provide for them too. And Lord, we give thanks for the spiritual harvest for sinners saved during the course of the past year since we last met here for the harvest services. Lord, we're coming tonight to rejoice in thee. Thank thee for children that have been converted to Christ. Thank thee for others that were brought to the Savior at the gospel mission that we had in the school. And Lord, we believe that you're not finished yet. You're still working. You're still moving. You're still convicting. And so we pray that that conviction will be deeper and that you will bring men and women who do not know the Lord to an end of themselves, to that place where they can but call upon the Lord for salvation. Lord, salvation belongs to thee from beginning to end. We can proclaim from the word salvation is of the Lord. And so we leave this matter in your hands tonight. Lord, draw sinners to Christ. and Bless your word. Give us a good meeting tonight. This third meeting of the special weekend. May it be a true harvest time for Jesus' sake. Amen. 736. Sing to the Lord of harvest, sing songs of love and praise. With joyful hearts and voices, your hallelujahs raise. By him the rolling seasons in fruitful order move. Sing to the Lord of harvest the song of happy love. So let's really sing tonight. This hymn is telling us to sing. Let's sing with all of our hearts.
Well, we welcome you again. This is the Harvest Weekend. We're here to celebrate God's goodness. And we want to thank the ladies who come in and made the church presentable the way that it is, the beautiful things that we see around us, reminding us of the harvest time. And so thank you to Diane and the team for all the hard work that they've done. <clears throat> Some of the children were saying this morning, do I get to eat a piece of fruit tonight? It's good to hear children talk that way, isn't it? They want to eat fruit. Somebody says, I want one of those pancakes out there. I'm not sure whether the pancake's covered, you know, and not stuff, cellophane the old term, cling films, that's what the word is, uh, or not. If it's been like that for the weekend, you might just want to check if it's still nice and, and soft before you would eat it. But anyhow, we don't mind the children taking something and eating good food. With that in mind, refreshments will be served. And there's good things out there. I saw them coming in tonight. Apple tarts. Couldn't have a harvest weekend without having a piece of apple tart. So stay behind and get a piece of that and a cup of tea and enjoy the fellowship with each other. Now tomorrow morning is the Hebron Tots at 10. We're so thankful to the Lord for bringing the parents and the children in and doing that every week. We thank God for the workers and the presentation of the gospel, even among the smallest, those little tots that come are hearing God's word and the seed is being sown into their hearts. Pray for this ministry. <coughs> Tomorrow night is the prayer meeting for our Sunday school teachers, and that's at 8 o'clock. Tuesday night is the children's meetings. That's the youth challenge at 7. The two meetings take place simultaneously, the junior and the senior and then on Thursday night, our brother, Mr. Greg Gibson, will be the preacher. We will be in the will of God in Tanbrigee at the Christian Workers Training Academy. So there's a few weeks over a period of time for the next number of months that we will be there. And it's on a Thursday night. Youth Fellowship Friday are traveling to Bellamina. It's the evening of prayer organized by the Youth Council. The buses are leaving punctually at 7.40 p.m. Next Lord's Day begins with the prayer meeting, 8 o'clock, Sunday School, 10.30. And Mr. David, Mr. Stephen Fletcher will be bringing the message of the Bible class at a quarter to 11. Worship service, 12 noon, will be back in Mark's Gospel. And then the Gospel meeting at 7, when we hope to be here to preach the word. Remember the prayer meeting as it takes place at 6.30 beforehand. And just in case you didn't get the announcement, we've had to cancel the meeting with Courtney Bradley Harris, <coughs> the man that was converted all those years ago, uh, this boy that came from Germany, a Jewish boy that escaped the Holocaust, grew up in England, came to the Saviour. And we're, we're disappointed on a human level that he's not able to make it. He's taken ill. And at almost 90 years of age, he is suffering now with severe angina. Can't make it this time, but pray for him. And maybe we'll be able to do uh, a link up with him. We could do that at least sometime when he's feeling a little bit better if he's not able to travel. These are all the announcements that we need to make just now. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings for the Lord's work. And at the harvest, we always remember the building fund. Please remember that tonight. We sing together 257. It's about the sowing time. It's about the harvest time. It's about the gospel time. 
And we think of the seed of the gospel that's sown. And we think of the awful rejection of that so often. After the sowing of sin is all done. After the glory of earth has been won. After the sands of thy life have all run. Oh, what will thy reaping be? This is a personal challenge to those who don't know the Lord. Because not only are we sowing the gospel that you might come to know the Lord, but you're sowing also and you're sowing sin every day. And the question is, what will thy reaping be? May the hymn challenge your heart tonight as we keep our seats for the opening part and then at the end stand to sing.
What a joy it is to have the choir this weekend to sing for us. And we're going to ask our own choir, the Hebron choir, to come and minister in song just now. Thank you.
mansion bright and fair. I've a home, a happy home beyond the river. I will dwell with Jesus there. Oh, how sweet will be to meet them all the Thank you sincerely to the Hebron Choir. Good to know they've got a home, an eternal home beyond the river. One day we're going to reach the river, we're going to cross over. And for the believer, we've got the Savior with us to guide us safely to the other side. Thank you for ministering in song. It's a great privilege to welcome to the pulpit tonight the minister of Sandown, and that's the Reverend Garth Wilson. And we're going to ask him to come and bring the message that God has given to him for tonight. And you pray for him as he comes and pray that God will speak to your heart. I'm praying that God will speak to mine. May this be a good meeting when the Lord moves in our midst. I can ask you please to turn with me this evening in the Word of God to Luke's Gospel, chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. As you find the place, let me say it's a joy and a privilege for me to be with you and to share with you in your harvest services this weekend and appreciate the invitation that's been extended to me to be here. I pray the Lord will bless us as we meet around his word. Tonight I want to speak about a time of harvest, not a physical harvest, not a material harvest, but rather a sinful harvest, a harvest that reaped awful consequences for this man that we will consider tonight. Let's read the Word of God first of all. 
Luke's Gospel, chapter 23. And we'll read from verse number 1, Luke chapter 23, and the verse number 1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him as Christ on the pilot. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this fellow perver perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered and said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And there were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him. And he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. We'll end there at verse number 11. Pray the Lord will bless the reading of his word to our hearts. Little phrase that we find at the end of verse number nine. But he answered him nothing. But he answered him nothing. Christ answered not a word to Herod. Can we please unite our hearts together and again a word of prayer? If you know and love the Lord, before we come to the preaching of the word of God, we need his help. And I ask you to pray, pray for this preacher, pray that the Lord will give help as we seek to open the scriptures tonight, and pray as well for those still unsaved, out of Christ, that this will be the night that the Lord will challenge them, speak to them, and save them, that tonight they might hear the voice of the Lord, that tonight they might be saved. You pray with us as we present the needs of this preacher in this meeting just now to the Lord. Eternal God and our Father in heaven, we come into thy holy presence again just now. And Lord, we thank thee for the word of God. We thank thee, Lord, for the scriptures of truth that we have tonight. We praise thee, O God, tonight that we have the word of God. We thank thee, O God, that it is that lamp and that light. And Heavenly Father, we pray that this evening as we come to the gospel, Lord, as we come to this harvest meeting tonight, it is our prayer, O God, that you would speak. And, O God, we pray that there might be a reaping tonight. But Lord, not a reaping unto condemnation, but rather a reaping unto salvation. O God, we pray that tonight you will be pleased to speak. Speak into the hearts of young and old tonight who are here without the Savior. O God, we pray that tonight you will be pleased by thy Holy Spirit to convict of sin, to bring the lost to thyself, O oh God, do that work, work which only thou canst do. O oh, Heavenly Father, we pray, help us in the preaching. Lord, we need thee. We are poor, we are needy, yet, O oh God, we thank thee that you think upon us. 
think upon us for good just now. Oh God, we pray that there might be help in the pulpit, there might be help in the pew. Heavenly Father, we pray tonight that the Spirit of God will descend upon us just now. Heavenly Father, we pray for convicting power. We ask, O oh God, for converting power. Heavenly Father, we pray tonight that sinners will be brought into the harvest home of heaven, that they will no longer delay, that they will no longer put off this matter of salvation. Lord, that tonight they'll come and receive Christ as their Savior. So hear and answer prayer tonight. In the Savior's name we ask. Amen. Amen. The very basic law of harvest is that you reap what you sow. You sow potato seeds, you will reap a potato harvest. You sow barley seeds, you will reap a barley harvest. That is the very basic and very fundamental law of the harvest, and it's on display all around us tonight as we see in all the good things that have been brought in to show the, the bountiful provision of God. Because after the so period of sowing, after the period of growth, growth, there's been this reaping. But what is true in the physical realm is also true in the spiritual. And the law of the spiritual harvest is that you will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. Now, I know in this age of easy believism that is a curse upon the church of Jesus Christ just now where anything and everything goes, this truth is very remote. The truth, the teaching today is that you can live as you please and you can do as you please, and yet somehow at the end of time, when it comes your time to leave this world, that God will open heaven and let you in even though you've lived in sin all your life, even though you've rejected the Lord, even though you've rejected the gospel for all of your, your life, that somehow God will turn His back on your sin. He will ignore your sin. He will ignore how you've rejected, how you've rebelled against Him, and open the gates of heaven and let you in. Let me say right now at the very start of this meeting tonight, this message, if you live in sin, and you continue in sin, and you never forsake your sin. You do not turn your back on sin. You do not seek God's forgiveness of that sin, and you die in your sin. You will reap a harvest of sin, a harvest of destruction, and a harvest of damnation. You see, tonight, the law of the spiritual harvest is that if you sow seeds of sin, you will reap a sinful harvest. You will reap the whirlwind of God's wrath that will damn you and condemn you to a lost hell for all eternity. And that's exactly what happened in the account that we have read tonight. This man by the name of Herod, the Lord Jesus Christ is brought before Herod to be tried. Even though the outcome had already been determined, and the Lord knew all about that, but Christ is given over from Pilate now to, to Herod in order to be tried. We come across Herod here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 23, uh, again. At the start of the Gospel, at the start of this chapter, we find how he is being brought before Pilate. Pilate finds no fault in him. Pilate looks the easy way out. He hears that he's from Galilee, and so he sends him over to Herod. He washes his hands of Herod. 
And so Herod begins his interrogation of Christ. He begins the investigation. He begins the accusation. And he seeks to find something out about the Lord. In verse number 9, we read that he questioned him with many words. Many words were coming out of the mouth of Herod. Many questions were being asked by Herod. But at the end of verse 9, we find that the Lord answered him not a word. The Lord was silent to this man. Herod's curiosity was not satisfied. Herod's interrogation was not given into, but rather this big sinner, this wretched man, as we shall see, this immoral man, who more than anything else needed to hear from the Lord, the Lord answered him not a word. And there is this awful silence for Herod. This silence, I believe, that sentenced Herod and sealed Herod's destiny. You know, folks, tonight it's an awful thing when the Lord is silent. It's an awful thing when the, the Lord and the voice of the Savior is no longer heard, and those words no longer come from the lips of the Savior. And dear sinner, in this meeting tonight, this is a reality. As Herod was about to find out, this is a reality. There will come a time when the Lord will cease to strive with you. There will come a time when the Lord will cease to speak with you. There will come a time when you will cross over God's deadline. And if the Lord is speaking to you tonight, if the Lord is challenging you tonight, and you're in this meeting tonight, you're unsaved, and you know you're not ready to meet God, may this be the night as God speaks to you that you might be saved ere God speaks no more or ere he strives no more with you because you can cross over God's deadline. Or you can live on for many years as Herod did and yet never hear the voice of the Lord. This was Herod's time of harvest. What an awful harvest it was. As we consider these words tonight in verse number 9, I want us to notice, first of all, the privilege that Herod enjoyed. The privilege that Herod enjoyed. While in this chapter of Luke's gospel, the, the Savior is silent before Herod, yet Herod had enjoyed a wonderful privilege before this, that that was the hearing of the Lord's voice. Hearing the Lord speaking to him, in Matthew's account and in Mark's account of these same events and the events of the life of Herod, we come across a time when, when Herod encountered the great John the Baptist, that great preacher of truth and righteousness, the one who had been sent to prepare the way for Christ. And as you read through the gospel accounts, you read through the discussion between Herod and, and John the Baptist, you'll find that from the lips of John, who of course was the messenger of the Lord, Though Herod was being challenged, and Herod was being spoken to. John did not come with his own message. John the Baptist did not come with his own ideas. He came to preach Christ. And when he spoke 
with Herod. He spoke to him about Christ. He challenged him. And as John spoke, sought to challenge Herod, he brought something before Herod that every faithful gospel preacher must do, and that is the reality of sin. And what a catalog of sin Herod had. Herod was a big sinner. He was cruel. He was immoral. He had taken his uh, brother's wife in adultery. He had broken the law of God by nature and most certainly by practice. He was living immorally. And it was this sin that John brought before Herod, and he was challenged about his sinful ways in Mark's gospel, Matthew's gospel, chapter 14, and the verse number 4, we read that John confronted Herod with his sin, and he said, it is not lawful. He was confronting Herod with his sinful life. God, through his servant, had spoken to Herod in the past, brought before Herod the reality that he wasn't living right. And those words we read in Mark's gospel, chapter 6 this time, read how that Herod was challenged. He, he said, we read that he feared the Lord, knowing that he was a just man and unholy. He had heard the voice of the Lord. He had been challenged about his sin. What had been happening in Herod's life before this is that he was being convicted, he was being troubled, but the problem was he never did anything about it. He never sought to put away his sin. He never sought to turn his back on his sin. He heard the message, but he didn't heed it. God was challenging him. God was speaking to him. He was convicted so much so that he, he was under trouble. He was under concern. What a privilege he had. Yet he didn't realize it. He heard the voice of God. He was brought face to face with the reality that he was a sinner. And yet he chose to live on as he had been living. Is that you tonight? Is that someone in this meeting this evening? You've been told from this pulpit, week in and week out, the reality that we're all born in sin. We're all separated from God because of sin. God has been speaking to you through God's servant as he has preached the gospel week after week. And the reality is tonight, you have not heeded that message. You've done nothing about your sin. But rather, you have lived on in your sin. And you thought, I'll, I'll hear the voice of the Lord another time. Herod thought he probably would. And certainly as we come into Luke's gospel, chapter 23, there was every expectation from Herod that he was going to hear what the Lord would have to say, yet the Lord answered him nothing. Not a word. Here was a man who, like Felix, had trembled under the preaching, the Word of God. And the Lord had been challenging him by the Holy Spirit working in his heart, but he had rejected the voice of the Lord. And he said, another time, in a more convenient season, tonight if the Lord has been speaking to you, 
You know you're not right before God. You may not be committing the sin that Herod committed, but we're all sinners. We're all born in sin. You know tonight that you're not right before him. You know tonight that you're living a sinful life. You know tonight you're lost. You know tonight you're without hope, you're without Christ. I pray that tonight you would not put this matter off any longer, thinking that you will have another time, thinking that there will be another opportunity when you will get right with God. Scriptures tell us that behold now is the day of salvation. Don't bank on tomorrow. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Don't think the Lord will speak to you again. Don't think that you will hear the voice of the Lord challenging you. Don't think you'll come under conviction again. Because this may be the last time. The last time that God would ever speak to you. And I pray that as you hear the voice of God, that you would not only hear it, but you would do more than that. You would heed it. That you would turn away from your sin. You would acknowledge before God that you are a sinner. Confess that sin. You would get to Christ tonight and be saved. Herod, in his gospel, chapter 23, thought he was going to hear many words from the Savior. But the Savior's voice was now silent. Here he was brought before the Lord. This one that we read about in verse number 8 that he'd heard many things of and he, he wanted to hear more, but he didn't hear a word. We see how hardened his heart was in verse number 8. Even despite the privilege, he was exceeding glad. He was a man who was laughing in the presence of the Lord when he should have been seeking God's forgiveness. He was a man who seemed to have no trouble or concern about his sin. He was a man who thought he was going to make a show of the Lord. And yet the Lord was going to have the last word by not saying a word. What a privilege he had in the past. What a privilege tonight you've had. Sitting under faithful gospel preaching week in, week out. Of people praying for you. Of people speaking to you. People telling you that you are not right, you need to be saved. What a privilege you've had. Don't reject it tonight. But rather tonight by faith come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And while the voice of the Lord is speaking and while the Spirit of the Lord is striving, may you be saved. We see the privilege that he enjoyed. The privilege of hearing the voice of the Lord. But we see not only the privilege that he enjoyed, we notice as well the place at which he rejected. 
the place at which he rejected. I made mention of Mark's account of the dealings with Herod as well. And in Mark's account, we have in chapter 6, we have a time when Herod threw a party. He was going to live up his sin in the world. And yet as we come into Mark's gospel, chapter 6, I believe this is the place of his rejection. This is the place when he crossed over the, the deadline. In Mark's gospel, chapter 6, and the verse 21, we read that when he had a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains and chief estates of Galilee. He was going to live up in sin. He was going to eat, drink, and be merry. This was a place of, of worldly entertainment. And here was Herod living up his life, having a good time. And the daughter of Herodias, the man that Herod was living in adultery with, she came in and she started to dance and, and Herod was pleased. And, and Herod turned to the girl and says, tell me, what do you want and I'll give it to you? Whatever it is you want, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. What is Herod doing here? To try to appease his conscience and try to block out his conscience, he was making a deal with the world. He was trying to appease the sin that he was committing. He was trying to make a pact with the world and try, trying to, to take away the bad conscience that he had. If you know anything about this story, that little girl went to her mother and the mother who was very hostile to the gospel and hostile to the preaching of John the Baptist, hated the preaching of John the Baptist. She said, go and tell Herod, I want the head of John the Baptist on a plate. I want this preacher of truth and righteousness killed and destroyed. I want him taken out. She goes back to Herod. And she says, I want the head of John the Baptist, that preacher, that man who's confronted you with your sin, I want him dead. That man who has preached unto you, that man who has told you of your sin, that man of who God sent to you to warn you, to tell you, to convict you, I want him dead. And Herod knew that day he had a decision to make. Was he going to choose the world? Was he going to choose to continue to live on in sin, or was he going to stand up for what he knew in his own heart, I believe, to be right? Sadly, that day, he chose the world. And he chose to silence the voice of that preacher of righteousness, John the Baptist. He chose to silence the voice of God's servant to try to block it out of his memory. The best thing as far as he was concerned, this is getting rid of John the Baptist. Herod, in that place of worldly partying and celebration, crossed over a deadline. And he says, I want the world 
and I don't want the Lord. He didn't realize it at that time, but he was silencing the voice of the Lord to his heart. There was a place, there was a point in his life, I believe it to be here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, when Herod crossed over God's deadline and the Lord never spoke to him again. We have the working out of it in Luke's Gospel, chapter three, that 23 that we read this evening. He chose a sin rather than the Savior. As you said in this meeting tonight, you have a decision to make. As you sit here tonight, there is a decision that is confronting you. Whether you like it or not, or whether you want to admit it or not, before you leave this meeting, you will have made that decision. You will decide either to continue on in sin, to live on in sin, to reject the call of God and the voice of the Lord? Or you will decide, I'm having no more to do with my life of sin. I need God's forgiveness. And the only place you can get God's forgiveness is found at the place called Calvary, where the Lord Jesus Christ gave his life and shed his blood that you might be saved. You will decide tonight either for sin or the Savior. Herod chose sin. And in so doing, he silenced the voice of the Savior. Dr. Paisley used to tell of the story of a, a lady who attended his meetings in the old Ravenhill church. A lady who was under deep conviction of sin many times, and while she was sitting under his preaching, very clearly one night she was under deep conviction and, and in deep trouble. The Lord was speaking to her. Then it came to the next week. Dr. Paisley noticed that this lady was now different. There was no concern. There was no conviction. There was no trembling as in other nights. And he accounts in his books how that he spoke to her at the door on the way out and she said, he said to her, is there something different about you? In other nights you seemed so moved. In other nights you were so troubled about your sin, but tonight you seem so unmoved, you seem so unconcerned. She turned to Dr. Paisley and she said last Sunday evening after the gospel meeting, I was so troubled I couldn't sleep. But she said, rather than calling upon the Lord for salvation, I got out of my bed and I demanded that the Holy Spirit would no longer speak and the Holy Spirit would no longer strive. That night she silenced the voice of God in her life. She lived on for many years after that. She never came under conviction of sin. Because she had rejected the Lord for one last time. God forbid that anyone in this meeting tonight should reject the Lord for the last time.
God forbid that you should go away from this meeting having rebelled against the voice of God and, and wanting to silence the voice of the Lord, thinking you'll come back another time. And tonight, this could be the last time God speaks to you. There was the privilege that she enjoyed. He enjoyed. There was the place at which he rejected. But I want us to notice as we close this evening, there's the plight that he experienced. Oh, Herod thought he was the big lad. Herod thought he could twist and manipulate anyone in any situation. And so with a, a settled conscience now in sin, as we come to in Luke's gospel, chapter 23, he's glad when the Lord is brought before him. He's looking forward to what the Lord has to say, very content, very happy. As we pointed out in verse 8 of Luke's gospel, chapter 23, he was exceeding glad. For the first time, he's brought face to face with the Lord himself, even though he had heard the voice of God through God's servant in the past. Herod, we read in verse 8, had heard many things about the Savior. He had much knowledge of the Savior. He was well informed about the Savior. But he didn't have a saving personal relationship with him. You can have all the knowledge about the Lord Jesus Christ that you could ever have. You can know all about the story of the cross and the story of Christ and all that Christ did. You can have all that knowledge in your head, but if it's never affected your heart, it will be of no use to you. And tonight there are those, I'm sure, in this meeting and you could get up and preach the gospel far better than this preacher. You know the gospel inside out. You've been cradled in it. You've been taught it. You've heard it preached every week from this pulpit. But there's never been that point in your life when by faith you have trusted Jesus Christ. You've confessed your sin and you've got to him. Do you know tonight there are multitudes in hell who have much knowledge of the Lord in their heart, but no salvation of the Lord in their heart. Much knowledge of the Lord in their heads. They know all about Him. But because of their rejecting of Him, they sealed their destiny. And they silenced the voice of the Lord. Christ is brought before Herod. Herod is looking for entertainment. He's looking, as we read about in these verses, for some great miracle to be done. Christ is brought in. And Herod asks many things. Many words are spoken to the Savior. But not a word from the Savior's lips. What a terrible plight. 
not to hear the Savior's voice. What a terrible thing for the Lord not to strive anymore. Herod's fate was sealed. His destiny was settled. For that place that he had chosen to reject the Savior for one last time. In the silence of the Savior sentenced this man to hell for all eternity. You say tonight, I am not living in sin as Herod did. I'm a moral, upright person in this community. I would never think of doing the things that Herod did. I would never think of beheading the preacher of the gospel like Herod did. But still tonight, you're in your sin. Having rejected the call of God, having rejected the gospel of Christ, having turned your back upon that gospel, you're still a sinner tonight. Those words in Matthew 7, speaking all that great day of judgment when the Lord says about many who will say to me in that day, Lord, 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 Lord. Many words will be spoken that day. Many words of protest. Lord, Lord, do you not know who I am? Do you not know that I attended Hebron Free Presbyterian Church? Do you not know all the good deeds that I did? Do you not know the moral life that I lived? There'll be many words. But if you have died as you have lived, rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be one last word from the Lord to you. It will be the word, depart. Depart from me, I never knew you. What an awful thing it would be to go from a gospel meeting. Be lost in hell. And the last word you hear from the Savior the word depart. Why tonight he offers you, he invites you, and he calls you to come. If you reject that, if you die as you have lived, rejecting Christ as your only Savior, die as you've lived, there'll be no words of comfort, no words of consolation, just the word of condemnation. Christ now silent to Herod. We never read of Herod hearing the voice of the Lord again. Or the Lord speaking to him again. What an awful place. Herod's sin of rejection silenced the voice of the Savior. He crossed over God's deadline. He lived for some years after this, but never heard the voice of the Lord. Could it be that in this harvest meeting tonight, someone is sitting here, and perhaps even throughout this afternoon, God has been speaking to you. 
God has been challenging you, and the Spirit of the Lord has been striving with you, and you realize tonight that you're not saved. You realize you're not right with God. I plead with you in the Lord's name, whatever you do, don't silence the voice of the Lord tonight by your rejection of Christ. Don't cross over God's deadline because it is possible to sin away your day of grace. Do we not read those words in Genesis 6 and verse 3? My spirit shall not always strive. Someday you'll hear God's final call to you to take his offer of salvation through. This could be it, my friend, if you but knew God's final call, God's final call. In that place, in that palace, living it up in the world, Herod heard God's final call when he chose his sin rather than his sin. Tonight, if you reject God's final call of grace, you'll have no chance, your, your footsteps to retrace. All hope will then be gone and doom you'll face. God's final call. God's final call. Well, the poem says, there's a time we know not when in a place we know not where, which seals the destiny of men for glory or despair. There's a line by us unseen which crosses every path, the hidden boundary between God's patience and His wrath. Don't cross that deadline tonight but rather tonight come to Jesus Christ. Tonight the offer and the invitation of the gospel is come. Come as you are. Come with your sin. And find forgiveness tonight. Herod reaped the harvest of a sinful life. He reaped the consequences of his rejection of the Lord. He sinned against the light of the gospel, and that sin sentenced his soul and silenced the Savior. Oh, sinner, tonight don't silence the Savior's voice to you. But as the Lord is calling to you, as the Lord is striving with you tonight, then come. Leave your sin. Turn away from your sin this evening. Tonight get to Christ. Tonight be saved. Don't wait for another time. Don't think you'll have another time. Come now. Come just as you are. Wonder tonight will you come? Will you come to Christ? Will you tonight be saved? Let's bow in prayer. In a few moments, we'll hand back to the Reverend Park. in the moments that remain of this meeting, I wonder tonight, will you call upon the Lord? 
In the seat where you are, will you call upon him, cry unto him for salvation, for forgiveness? I urge you in the Savior's name, don't reject the Savior anymore. Don't put it off any longer. Because someday you will hear God's final call to you. And what if that someday were to be this day? As the Spirit is striving and the voice of the Lord is speaking, come, come to Christ. Come and be saved. If you want to speak to Mr. Park, to myself, or someone you know in the meeting, do that. Wherever you are in this meeting tonight, sure you're right with God. Don't leave this place still in your sin, but rather leave it saved, ready to meet God, the joy of sins forgiven. Eternal God and our Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word tonight. And Heavenly Father, we pray that You will be pleased to continue to speak on, we ask, O oh God, we pray that there will be no one tonight who would cross God's deadline by rejecting the voice of the Lord for one last time. O oh God, we pray tonight that sinners will strive to get to Christ. God, we pray to give that grace that's needed. O oh God, we thank Thee tonight that with Thee there is forgiveness. There is a multitude of mercy. O oh God, we pray that tonight the lost will get to Christ. O oh God, forbid that any should reap the harvest of sin, experience the wrath of God, the condemnation of God for all eternity by their rejection of the Lord. But rather, tonight may they experience all the blessings that can be theirs in Christ, by coming and receiving Christ as their Savior. Speak on, we pray. In the Savior's name we ask. Amen. Ministering the Word, bringing that very clear-cut challenge in the Gospel, it would be a mistake to go away without the Lord and to reject Him. Uh, an eternal mistake for you. There was a little mistake in his name. The L was left out of Wilson. That's nearly as bad as putting an E in Begarth and uh, or putting an E on Park. But that, that's minor, so minor. The big, big mistake is to reject the Savior. He's calling. You've heard that tonight. And we're going to sing as we close 252, softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Come home. That's the message. Come home to Christ. Um, we'll sing a couple of verses.
Our Father, we thank you for such a mercy that the Lord would call. We're still living in the day of grace, the day of opportunity when men can be saved. We know there's coming a day when, when that will be taken away forever. It can come in time when men reject the Lord for the last opportunity given to them. It can come when the Savior returns to this world again. And all things are wound up forever. Make men wise unto salvation. May they come to the Savior. May they come home to Christ. May they do it tonight. Let your word live with power in the hearts of sinners. And may the Spirit strive and bring them to know Christ as their Savior this night. Dismiss us now with your blessing. Remember the time of fellowship, the good things that have been provided. We give thanks for the harvest and for the food that has been provided in Jesus' name. Amen.